The creator of this podcast has a potty mouth, so watch out, there's going to be swearing in this episode. From the kitchen table, this is Get Close Panic. Yeah. 
Um, so my name is Sharon and I work in a consulting firm um, with a focus on research and marketing. Nice. Okay, cool. So um, starting from whenever you think is relevant, when did you start to become interested in a particular type of work or career? Um, I think probably at school when I um, was trying to work out what I wanted to be and I don't know, we put a lot of pressure on kids to decide what they're going to do when they're really young and my sister um, always had known that she was going to be a teacher and she was just born to teach mm -hmm. and so I felt that pressure at a pretty young age to decide what I was going to do and, and um, I found even the way people phrased that question like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so it's like, I want to be a lot of things. I don't just want to decide on my profession and for that to define me. So I think um, toward the end of school, I knew that I was good at writing and I liked to write and I thought that was kind of where I wanted to go. But I guess as a 17-year-old, you don't have a really good sense of the kind of jobs that you can do as a writer. Totally. And you're like, well, I don't think I can really write a book tomorrow so I probably can't make any money and how yeah. am I going to live and yeah journalism seemed like the kind of next best thing I suppose so yeah. I went to uni and did journalism and international relations yeah. through art school yeah okay um so obviously I know all of this stuff mm. this is going to feel a little bit <laughs> odd to you to explain but I think as we talk it's really important to kind of acknowledge the things for you that were real hurdles in kind of getting to where you are and also the kind of helping hands that you had along the way um, and I think knowing you that's probably relevant straight out like straight from school yeah. there were things that you know were harder for you than they would be for kind of other kids in similar situations and there are things that were easier for you yeah. um, so coming out of high school and then going into university, how was that experience for you personally? It was pretty weird because, as you know, like I grew up in the country and I think a lot of my identity was found in being a kid from the country mm -hmm. and it was a huge part of who I was. And I remember even when I first started uni, I used to go around, you know, meeting people and I'd say to them, oh, where do you come from? And <laughs> which, you know, is a perfectly reasonable question to ask when you're from the country, but they'd look at me and sort of be like, oh, I'm from Mitcham or like <laughs> Ross Treble or something. Yeah. Um, so the transition was really tricky and I guess I was a little bit homesick for a while. I lived with my sister, but I really missed my parents. But I guess I was also ready for a new adventure. Yeah. But um, I think it's, yeah, just that transition phase where you're learning all of these new things about the place that you live in. Like even things like, stoplights and roundabouts when you're driving and like peak hour and you know just really obvious stuff now that I've lived in the city for like you know 10 years or something yeah. and I just it's like second nature but there was all of that stuff plus there was the whole uni side of things yeah yeah um but I think one of the like the leg ups that I had was a really supportive family like yeah I couldn't have done it without mum and dad and mm -hmm. They had always just said to me, like, you can be whatever you want to be. And I guess at the time I was sort of like, oh, yeah, I can be whatever I want to be. Even now to this day I've kind of taken that mantra with me and yeah. I 
I don't know, rightly or wrongly, I really honestly believe that <laughs> I could just do anything that I put my mind to. You know, it's probably silly, but... No, that's good. I mean, obviously they've done what they want to do if you're still carrying that around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had a really strong work ethic. Do you feel like that came from your family culture or is that something you think you just had on your own? Totally from family. I think the things that my parents value in life are hard work, honesty, and family Mm. and all of those things kind of shone through and they have always worked incredibly hard throughout their lives and Mm. um, neither of them had the opportunity to go to uni but they have made such an amazing thing for us and and a life for us I suppose that they probably didn't have for themselves Mm. yeah absolutely um so talk to me a little bit about your experience of kind of going into uni in terms of what it was like to do that work and to be studying and to have that sort of a lifestyle. I loved it. Now I look back and I think, oh, my goodness, I wish I could go back. I worked at a bookshop, as you know, on the parade for um, at part-time while I was at uni and it was the most amazing part-time job one could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. So I did that a couple of days a week and on the weekends and went to uni a few days a week and you know, I tried you know, volunteering here and there for a part of the other time and... Yeah, I guess it was a really um, formative time for me mm. in that I hadn't, you know, coming from a small country town, I hadn't had that exposure to the sorts of ideas and people that I kind of met at uni. It was a bit yeah. of a culture shock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I just dripped on your bed. I'm sorry. Mm, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, what did you like about your course, your undergrad? Mm, I definitely liked the international relations part of it better than the journalism part. I felt like the journalism part was um, partly really obvious stuff, like mm. don't interview someone when you're looking into the sun and make sure you've got a spare pencil in case your <laughs> first one breaks and like just really common sense kind of stuff. But I guess the reason I was attracted to journalism as well because it was because I love meeting people and talking to people and finding out their stories. But you kind of learn that it's only a very small part of journalism. Mm. And also they really knock the life out of you when you start that course. It's got a pretty high dropout rate, I think, because they say to you, they kind of cut you down a bit and they're like, you're never really going to be a foreign correspondent. Only a very small <laughs> number of people do that. And mm. I kind of had ambitions for that, but you know, that was quickly um, erased. <laughs> um, and then they say, you know, people are going to really dislike you. Journalists are really, really... Um, not hated, but <laughs> uh, yeah, then they say you're never going to earn any money um, and you're never going to be able to find a job, basically. So, between <laughs> all of that, wonderful. If you stick it out, I don't know, if they, jobs in media are really hard to come mm. by, and a lot of my friends who've taken that path have really struggled. So, in some senses, I feel lucky that I kind of um, didn't really ever get into that because Mm. um it's a hard life Mm. so what was happening for you as your undergrad was kind of drawing to a close in terms of your thinking about what you would do next I think I freaked out a little bit because I didn't know what I wanted to do with the degree and so I enrolled in an honours degree Mm. and um I kind of even got to the point where I was like enrolled I was having meetings with my supervisor I was talking to her about what I wanted to do and 
um, I had an amazing supervisor lined up and I was excited about it, but I was also just exhausted. And I just thought after, because I went straight from school to uni yeah. and then four years of uni. And by the end of that, I think I was just sick of studying. Yeah. Um, and so I made the big decision to drop out and to not continue with it. And I'd never, you know me, I don't drop out of things very easily. <laughs> so it was pretty big. And I yeah. sort of was at this um, juncture where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I kept working at the bookshop and that was great and, you know, allowed me to survive. And it wasn't long after that I saw um, an ad for the job that I went into in politics. And I just thought, oh, I'll just apply for this. It was an entry-level research and communications role. And I just, I, I don't know what attracted it to me. Maybe I was um, you know, just really keen to get my hands dirty, but... Anyway, it was only a really short-term contract and ended up winning the role and then I was there for like two years. It was like supposed to be, I think, 12 weeks and mm. um, I just moved around in the office and was given new opportunities and ended up being um, my boss's parliamentary advisor and travelling with her to Canberra and all of those things, mm. which was like a huge challenge and something that really stretched me and I didn't know that I could even do that. Yeah. I kind of did it, so. Yeah, yes, you did. Yeah, right. Um, so what did your working life look like during that time? Um, I pretty much lived and breathed work, mm. um, and I did a lot of, like, the, the social media side of things as well, which is, like, it feels like you're never allowed to switch off because, you know, something could be blowing up on the Facebook page or something. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit on edge all the time, mm. um, but you know, I I loved the work. Mm. It was really um, engaging and challenging, and I was constantly having my ideas and worldviews, I guess, challenged as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the nature of politics is that it's all very personal. So you're not making these kind of esoteric decisions, or you're not working on projects that are you know, affecting somebody down the road. It's like this sort of stuff affects people like me. And mm. um, so I found that really interesting and challenging. Mm. And so it meant a lot of travel as well. So I was spending quite a bit of time in Canberra and kind of flying back and forth and doing back-to-back sitting weeks and that took its toll Absolutely. after a while. Yeah. Um, last week, my last interview that I did with Alicia we were talking, she's a social worker, we were talking about how when you feel like your job is bound up in you, who you are as a person or some sense of morality and, um, and personal obligation, it's really hard to put boundaries around how much work you'll do in a way that it maybe wouldn't be so hard if your job was making those more esoteric mm. decisions. It's much harder to kind of draw a line in the sand. Yeah, totally, and you feel like you want to give the job your all because you really believe in it and you believe in the person that you're working for and, and the values that they represent. And, and yeah, I guess it does make it hard to clock off at night because you're sort of like, this is so much of what I believe in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, you left that job. What, what kind of factors played into that decision? Well, there was an election coming. We didn't know when it was coming at that point, but I didn't know if I could make it to that election. And I thought the right thing for me to do was to 
and leave the office, if I couldn't hold on, it might have been, you know, a year later or something mm-hmm. where you just didn't go. So, um, and my boss was good about that and um, recognised that, you know, the job is really demanding mm-hmm. and it, you need to be able to give it everything you got. And at the same time, my partner, um, Simon, had gotten a bit unwell, so we were, you know, negotiating that and um, it just seemed like the right time mm-hmm. to make a move. And you moved straight into another job, didn't you? I did, yeah. I've never been underwork it so that I can have any kind of time off between jobs. It's just, no kidding. Oh, it's just never ending. But, yes, I moved straight into, um, actually to the firm that I'm at now, but in a, an entry-level role um, as a researcher, and I really liked that role. Yeah. Um, it was challenging and it was, um, there, was some, there was a lot of variety in it that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So it was one day I was working on health policy and the next day it was like industry and I got exposure to things that I hadn't kind of policy areas, I guess, that I hadn't ever really had much to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. How long were you doing that role for? I think it was almost two years. Mm. Yeah. Oh, just under two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I couldn't really see a way to progress my career in the firm yeah I loved the firm everybody I've never met a more friendly welcoming bunch of people Mm -hmm. I think because there is that political um, element to the firm you know we do government relations that I wonder whether people are just extra respectful because we have people from all different sides of the political spectrum yeah um and so, yeah, I couldn't quite see how my career was going to progress there and mm-hmm. um, I sadly made the decision to leave and mm-hmm. went to um, work in um, at a university mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't love that. Yeah. It was kind of long weird for me. Mm-hmm. I loved the idea of working for a university and the innovation and education and, you know, those sorts of values around yeah. those things. but. Yeah, I guess um, coming from quite a small firm, I always worked in really small offices and then coming to such a big institution, I found it really hard to navigate through that and um, work out even the the structure of the university. Who sits where, who's in charge of who, like all those obvious things. It takes ages to get your head around. What kind of work were you doing then? I was doing project work, so... Um, basically whatever they needed me to do. And in that way, it was kind of like being an advisor Mm. to a politician in that um, you never know what you're going to be doing and it's just sort of like, well, this person, you know, the diary manager doesn't do it and the chief of staff doesn't do it, so therefore, like, it must be you. Oh, God, how confusing. Yeah, it was a bit. Um, But there were elements of it that I really liked, I guess, of the innovation and you're constantly surrounded by these brilliant minds and people doing amazing things and you feel part of, like, a bigger picture Mm. Um, in the same way, I guess, that you feel when you're in politics. Mm. But, yeah, there was also a bit of an element of feeling a bit lost about um, what my role in the big picture was. Yeah, okay. Um, That was short-lived? Yeah, I think about six months. Yeah. And then I got a call from my former boss at the firm um, that I was at previously and she let me know that um, they had a vacancy open up, that um, the person who was in that role had been there for about 10 years, so it was really unexpected. Yeah. 
and um, she was previously based in Sydney. So, um, yeah, my former boss was sort of like, do you want to consider this role? Yeah. And um, it was an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever expect it or I couldn't have dreamed that up in my <laughs> wildest dreams, I suppose. But um, it was a great opportunity for me and it was a step up, oh, quite a yeah. big step up, actually, from yeah. where I had been previously yeah. in the firm. So it's like, yeah, I, I almost, I, I wish that I hadn't left, but then I thought maybe I wouldn't have had that opportunity maybe. if I had have stayed. Maybe, yeah. I'd say it's 2020. Indeed. Um, so that's the role you're in now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, just to explain what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do all of the new business proposals for the firm. So yeah. anytime the senior staff go out and meet with a potential client, then they come back and brief me and I write the new business proposal mm -hmm. and also manage a little team of um, researchers who are kind of based um, across Australia, like in the major cities, mm. six of them. And um, then there's also marketing elements to my role and a bit of compliance staff as well. So yeah. it's a... Um, it's a really big challenge. When I first yeah. came into the role, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It seemed really big. and But I've had really good support. The cool. senior staff are um, really excellent. And I've felt like people want me to succeed, which is so nice. I've had that a lot throughout my career. It's mm. like, um, I guess, mentors or key people who have, you just can tell and the way that they interact with you and advocate for you that they just want you to be amazing. And I assume your boss is one of those people. Yeah, she mm. is just amazing. When I think about the career that she's forged for herself, she's you know, one of the most senior people in the firm and, um, yeah, she's well-respected. She's a champion of women in the firm and, um, and has always advocated for me and supported me and, and she's also a friend. Mm. It's nice to have women like that at you know, critical points along your career. And, you know, my former boss, the politician, was also one of those women. Yeah. And, and I had a professor at university who was also another one. So I've had, you know, these three pretty amazing experiences. Yeah, yeah right. That's great. What kind of clients come to you at your firm? Could be any range of... Um, Clients from private and public companies um, to charities and NGOs or peak bodies um, across all different sorts of sectors. Mm -hmm. So it could be as diverse, you know, as I was saying before, from health to um, infrastructure, transport. Um, and what kind of services do you provide to them when they come to you? So we have like two sides to the firm. We have um, public affairs, which is like government relations and all of those mm -hmm bits and pieces, and then we have corporate and financial communications, which is like more the media side of things, mm. I guess. Okay. Um, and would you, if they came to you, would you be taking care of them kind of holistically, or do you take care of a particular project that they have or a particular issue? That yeah, they sometimes it depends. Like sometimes they have a number of advisors, just depending on the complexity or the requirements of their project. Right. and. We might kind of work in hand in hand with a law firm or yeah. you know, another kind of advisor, yeah. um, but we kind of I think we consider ourselves as um, a, a pretty well integrated offer. So mm -hmm. we can do a bit of a um, bit of government relations, bit of corporate and financial comms, and public relations, and 
and his energy that I was working with. Do you think that that scratches that itch that you had at university to meet lots of different people and get to know lots of different people? Yeah, I guess it's even just about um, getting to have those, interacting with those different kind of ideas and sectors and businesses. Yeah. I've learned about so many businesses that I never would have even known existed and I think, oh, I can't even believe there's a business for that, but I'm <laughs> glad about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't necessarily get to meet a whole range of people. It's more okay. um, some sort of at the back end of things. It's yeah. more getting yeah, to think about and contend with like the different ideas and challenges that the, the businesses might be facing. Mm. How is it for your, you personally, this job? What kind of a life does it afford you? I really love this job. I have said to quite a few people that, this is the job that I've had since leaving uni that I've loved the most. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I've ever truly loved any of my previous roles because <laughs> now that I've had this, I don't think I could, you know, go back to maybe feeling the way I did about my previous jobs. Yeah. Um, I think the hours are pretty reasonable. I kind of get in after 8 in the morning and I perhaps leave at around 5.30 or 6. It just mm-hmm. depends what's going on, really. I just kind of stay until it gets done. I prefer to start early. I'm more of an early riser. So, um, yeah, but in terms of the life that it affords us, like, I've always been very comfortable mm-hmm. and I've been very lucky in that regard that the sector that I've chosen to work in is one where, you know, people are generally paid pretty well. Yeah. And I know, like, a lot of my friends who um, decided to go down the journalism path or went into more creative pursuits have really struggled with that Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's been a struggle for them to make ends meet Mm -hmm. and they've had to you know live in far-flung kind of parts of the state and um, rent houses by themselves and you know all of those kind of challenging financial things but Mm -hmm. politics generally pays pretty well and the private sector that I'm in too Mm -hmm. also pays pretty well so I've been pretty lucky yeah um you do travel quite a bit still a little bit here. Not as much as you did? No, definitely not as much as I did. That's good. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily good. I know you <laughs> prefer not to travel all the oh, time. I prefer, I definitely prefer <laughs> not to travel and my boss has been really respectful of that and um, I sort of talked to her about that when I was coming, when I knew I was coming back and just asked her how much travel would be involved, particularly given that the business is based out of Sydney. It's mm-hmm. a national firm, but mm-hmm. um, I guess the head office um, in Sydney, so and that's where most of the senior staff are. Although we've got partners in in a few other states as well, so um, I guess that is one benefit of having a national firm is that there's already this kind of predisposition in the firm um, to long distance communication. I yeah. guess, and yeah, we're not always having to be in the same room. We get most of our stuff done um, by phone, Skype, or mm. whatnot. Nice. Yeah. Um, what what um what's kind of next for you? Do you think what would you like to change, or what do you see kind of changing for you in the future in terms of your work? Yeah, it's hard to. I think it's a hard question to answer. I don't know where I'll go next or what I'll do next. I feel like there's a lot of room for me to grow in this role, okay. which maybe is why I love it because mm. I, I don't think I've really felt that before. Mm. Um, 
but I also feel like there are things that I want to do in the role that um, there's a lot of scope in there for me to be really creative Mm. and to put my own kind of um, personality into it and you know the way that I work with and collaborate with this little team that I'm coordinating and you know all of those things I feel like there's a lot of scope there for me Mm. I don't know what I want to do in the long term Mm. but I think five years or ten years (laughs) and Aggressive young women are not supposed to say it, but like, you know, I'd love to have kids and. I don't think that that stops you from being a progressive young woman. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I try not to. It's okay. It's okay to <laughs> So, yeah, that would mean some time off of work, and then what do I do during that time? I know, as somebody who hasn't had a holiday since she left, whatever, I don't know, since before primary school. Oh, gosh. I've never really thought about that. It would be nice to have some time off just to do some thinking and, I don't know, what do people do when they have time off? (laughs) Clearly you wouldn't know. (laughs) I'm not really sure. I would love to write something. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that Mm. because that was the... That was the seed at the beginning of you talking about your career. Totally. And I've tried at, like, various points to put pen to paper as well. And I don't know. I think I've got a lot of material. And my family, particularly my grand, my mum's parents, have an amazing life story. And I've often thought about whether there's something in that as a story. Or... Would you want to do creative writing? I don't know. Maybe biographical. Like, oh. Yeah, just talk about their lives and yeah just being just they've been everywhere they've done everything they're just amazing salt of the earth people and I wonder whether you know there's a story in it if anybody's gonna write a biography while they're on maternity leave it's you (laughs) (laughs) um okay yeah is there anything that you because this is hard because I already know all of this stuff about you so (laughs) usually when we have these conversations the questions just kind of come out out of me because I'm finding it out but I know all of this stuff so I feel like there's a good chance that I've missed stuff do you feel like there's anything that's really important in terms of your story that I have skipped or that you haven't said I think um, just one thing is that, you know, I obviously went to uni, but all of the, I guess, real learning that I did mm-hmm. happened when I got out of uni. And it was really simple things like um, email etiquette. It's like, how do I write a, an email to my colleague or the chief of staff? Or, you know, just those really silly things that as like, you know, 20, I don't know how old I was, like 21 or 22, you just don't have a natural sense of that you're sort of like <laughs> trying to be professional but it's really hard so I think yeah. like it's important to acknowledge that for particularly for young women you know I think a lot of the time we believe that we're unqualified or we're you know not um, well suited to the roles that we're in and I've had a sense of that throughout my career that yeah. I'm kind of an imposter yeah. and someone's about to find me out <laughs> whereas if I was a young male, I'm sure it would be um, a very different story. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's just an important thing to acknowledge, that it doesn't come naturally. No. You have to learn that stuff and experience it and mm-hmm. you know, grow through it. 
were you just awkward in your way through it until you got a job or did somebody teach you how to do that stuff? No, I think I was just pretty awkward. I don't know. You kind of learn through social cues and you know, what people say and do. Yeah. I had really good colleagues, especially in the political office. Um, there were a couple, like, few women in there who were amazing young professional women doing maybe a few years ahead of me yeah. in their careers and probably more and so they were very wise and had a uh, rich um, insight. Mm. Okay. That's You've done it. it. <laughs> Sorry, so well done. Kind of. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Thank you. All right. Oh, God. I'll just climb out of the pillows. <laughs> This is the comfiest podcast you've ever done. If you have any questions for me or for Shari, just reach out to us on our social as usual. Also, if you have any suggestions of somebody you'd like to hear interviewed, please reach out to me. I really appreciate it. As usual, like and follow us on our Instagram and on our Facebook and rate us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud and all of those sorts of things. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. I've been Sarah Bell. This has been Get Close Panic. I'll see you next Friday.